and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd, and we start with local news. With the freezing temperatures and the snow and ice accumulations from last week, many roads in Murray County are still too dangerous to travel upon due to these conditions. And to keep all students safe, there will be no school today, Tuesday, January 23rd. Tuesday's closure includes all Boys and Girls Club locations. However, the Wayne Street Boys and Girls Club location will be open. Athletic practices and after-school activities will be at the principal's discretion with no penalties if students cannot attend. Murray County Schools will make a decision as early as possible regarding Wednesday. Please be patient and have backup plans regarding child care. All surrounding county schools are also closed today. On Sunday at 1225, Murray County Fire Department responded to a reported vehicle on the edge of a 200-foot cliff above the Duck River on Greenfield Bend Road in the Williamsport community. Detective Voss with the Murray County Sheriff's Office had come upon the incident just after the elderly man ran off the road and was able to temporarily secure the vehicle with his own personal vehicle. However, every time the occupant let off the brake, the vehicle began to slide further down the hill. Units arrived and secured the truck with a chain to a large tree and used a winch to pull the vehicle further onto the roadway so the occupant could safely exit. D&D towing was requested to assist with the rescue if needed. At the time of dispatch, they arrived just as units were ready to pull the vehicle. After the occupant exited, D&D was able to completely pull the vehicle back onto the roadway. Data from the city's latest popular annual financial report shows not only a clean audit for 2023, but financial gains and budget increases compared to 2022. The report was compiled by City Financial Officer Thad Jablonski, who also serves as Assistant City Manager and City Recorder, as well as the city's finance team. The full report can be accessed via the City of Columbia website's Archive Center, The city's government fund balance was estimated at $63.5 million, an increase of about $12 million compared to 2022's $52.5 million. Revenues are up, and we've really held the line across the organization, our governmental funds, enterprise funds, as well as our sewer funds, Jablonski said. It was a good year. A popular annual financial report, or a PAFR, compiles the city's financial data over the last fiscal year ending June 30th of 2023 and is presented in a more digestible, easy-to-read fashion. This includes major financial figures, budget numbers, as well as capital projects and a better transparency for citizens on how taxpayer money is spent. The report also ensures the city maintains a AA2 credit rating and a AA plus rating by Standard & Poor's, first affirmed in 2020. It is our intent that the report provides Columbia citizens with better access and greater insight into the city's financial activities, Jablonski stated in the report. It identifies revenue sources and describes how they are spent in a financially responsible manner. Although financial figures in the PAFR come from an audited source, they are presented in a condensed, unaudited format, he said. According to the report, all governmental funds increased approximately 11.7% or $6.3 million, with the majority generated from taxes, which made up 61.3% of all revenues during the 2023 fiscal year. 
This was partly due to the city's continued population increase, which fed into the city's ability to increase residential and commercial development. For example, local sales tax revenue generated an 8.3% increase, or $1.4 million, stemming from a growing retail climate. Our tax revenue showed very good signs in terms of year-over-year increases, Jablonski said. The city's total debt also decreased by $2.3 million, including proprietary funds such as sewer, power, and water systems. The increase is due primarily to increased revenues over expenditures across major and non-major governmental funds, the report states. In addition to strong revenue growth during 2023, containment measures implemented to stay within the current revenues provided for decreased expenditures. The positive economic climate evidenced by increased residential and commercial development also drove record sales and business tax collections. The report also compiles the city's annual employment rate, as well as data reflecting an increase in overall building permits. Columbia's overall employment rate in September showed an approximate 0.1% increase compared to 2022, or 2.9% compared to the statewide average of 3.6%. A few of Columbia's top employers include Murray Regional Medical Center with 3,200 employees, Murray County Public Schools with 1,886 employees, and Tennessee Farm Bureau with 698 employees, along with Murray County Government at 510 and Columbia State Community College with 512. Since 2020, the data indicates an estimated 3,400 jobs have been created in Murray County with $4.8 billion in capital investment. Building permits in 2023 also increased at 2,588 compared to 2,309 in 2022. This also included a total valuation at approximated $290.5 million in 2023 compared to $205.3 million in 2022. According to Smart Assets 2022 rankings, Murray County ranks second in Tennessee and within the top 5% in the United States for counties receiving income investment. Among the city's upcoming capital projects highlighted in 2023, the top items were the upcoming renovations to Fire Station No. 1, with an estimated cost of $4.882 million and is set to begin by the end of January. Other top projects include a $1.2 million investment for a new public works storage and fuel facility, as well as the recently completed South Garden Street streetscape, which totaled $2.1 million. Funding for these projects came from the city's general fund reserves. Columbia is also continuing its largest project in the city's history to construct a new wastewater treatment plant, a $95 million project, as well as a new $8.255 million pump station at Bear Creek Pike, and $240,000 in various other public works projects. Everything is moving along. All of our projects are either under construction or about to start, Jablonski said, and we've got some other things in the cooker as well that we're very excited about. Eddie Bassham wasn't trying to get into any halls of fame when he embarked on his coaching career nearly 50 years ago. He was just trying to get out of the box factory. As of Saturday night, the 1968 Haylong High School graduate accomplished both, as he and three of his peers were recognized by the Tennessee Baseball Coaches Association as the latest inductees into the Hall of Fame during the organization's annual weekend clinic in Cool Springs. I'm a blessed man, Bassham said. I graduated from Middle Tennessee State in 1976, and the coaching position at Mount Pleasant opened up that very year. So you know, I'm truly blessed, he said.
Upon his high school graduation, Bassham took a job making boxes at Ohio Valley, a local company. I came home one night and told my wife, I'm not doing all this this my whole life. I'm going to coach ball, he recalled on Saturday. I started taking classes at Columbia State. I talked to Coach Dave Hall and Coach John Painter, and as they went out the door, Coach Hall said, he'll never make it. Working full-time at night and attending classes during the day, Bassham's persistence paid off with a job that he ultimately held three different times. He won more than 600 games and led Mount Pleasant to Class A state runner-up finishes in 1989, 1998, and 2004, along with stints at Middle Tennessee Christian and Columbia Academy before his last last season with the Tigers during the COVID-19 year, I'm sorry, the COVID year of 2020. Part of his lasting legacy is the baseball field on the Mount Pleasant High School campus, which was named in his honor three years ago. Bassham was instrumental in building the facility, which opened with the 2001 season. I'm just a man with a love for the game, he said Saturday. Inducted into the TBCA Hall of Fame with Bassham were former Cookville coach Butch Chafin, Carson Newman coach Tom Griffin, and retired Forest coach Wayne Babe Hardison. The Columbia Mayor's Youth Council is working on a fun project, Kids on Stage of Murray County, a.k.a. KOS Connects, in partnership with the McEwen Group Real Estate, is proud to present a pioneering challenge featuring students from the Columbia Mayor's Youth Council. This initiative, Policy and Public Engagement for the Duck River, is designed to empower the brightest young minds of Columbia in addressing the urgent water conservation crisis impacting the Duck River, particularly in the face of rapid urban growth in Murray County. This project will comprise of five groups of Columbia Mayor Youth Council members who will craft different policies addressing water conservation and create a compelling video to present to the Columbia City Council. Murray Alliance is launching Size Up Murray on its website on February 2nd, making powerful market research and business intelligence available to all local businesses. Businesses in Murray County can now access industry-specific and hyper-local information to help them grow and make smarter decisions using big data analysis. The research is individually customized for each company. By using SizeUp Murray, local businesses are able to rank their business performance compared to industry competitors, discover potential customers, suppliers, and better understand their competitive landscape, and optimize advertising to target ideal customer segments. Size Up Murray helps to level the competitive business playing field by providing small businesses with market research that typically only large corporations could afford to access by contracting multinational management consulting companies or hiring internal research analysts. In today's information economy, if you don't have access to information, your business is at a significant disadvantage. With the launch of Size Up Murray on our website, we are empowering small businesses in Murray County to be able to make data-driven decisions, said Will Evans, president and CEO of Murray Alliance. Size Up uses big data, cloud computing, and computer algorithms to deliver custom analysis for local businesses. The data comes from hundreds of public and proprietary data sources covering firmographic, demographic, geographic, labor, wage, cost, consumer spending, transportation, and more. Murray Alliance is committed to helping locally owned businesses succeed. They are the foundation of our local economy, employ our residents, create new jobs, and make our community a more prosperous place. Launching Size Up Murray on our website is just one more way we are supporting local businesses and hopefully setting them up for success.
said Will Evans. This new service provided by Murray Alliance is completely free for local businesses to use and is available anytime through the Murray Alliance website at www.murrayalliance.com. For a demonstration of Size Up Murray, you're invited to the official launch event on February 2nd at 8.30 a.m. Visit www.murrayalliance.com forward slash Size Up Murray to register. The Murray County Historical Society has been granted permission by the Murray County Commission to place a time capsule in the Murray County Justice Center, currently under construction. A selection committee has been created and is ready to receive items. If you have something small and Murray County related you would like to donate, contact Commission Chairman Eric Previtti at 931-626-9878, or you can email him at eprevitti, that's E-P-R-E-V-I-T-I, at iCloud.com. A bill which would provide child care to teachers is set to be introduced by Representative Scott Sapicki following the start of the 2024 legislative session. House Bill 1709 would authorize local education agencies, or LEAs, and public charter schools to reimburse teachers for child care expenses paid by the teacher each month for the teacher's child to receive services through a child care program. The program would be certified by the Department of Education or a child care agency licensed by the Department of Human Services. The state would also be required to reimburse LEAs and public charter schools a portion of any such monthly reimbursement amount paid by the LEA or public charter school. The child care bill is basically to try to incentivize more teachers to, one, become teachers, and two, when they have a child, to be able to get back in the classroom as quickly as possible to help our students, Representative Sapicki said. What we find right now is because of cost of daycare is so expensive, when teachers have children, they tend to just put their license on hold and they raise their children until they get to be around five or six years old, and then they come back into the classroom. Sapicki said the child care bill would also be an economic boon for the counties. They don't have to go out and find another teacher. They can get the ones they have back in the classroom, and teachers who want to teach can go back and earn their living now, he said. The bill's introduction is currently on hold as members await whether it will be added to Governor Bill Lee's school choice bill. Introduced last November, the Education Freedom Scholarship Act of 2024 would establish statewide universal school choice. This legislation aims to provide every Tennessee parent with the opportunity to choose the right education for their child while prioritizing families with the greatest need, according to last year's press release. Sapicki said he expects the bill to be the biggest hurdle during the legislative session. If parents feel like the public schools schools are not meeting the needs of their child, they should have recourse. They should not be stuck in a failing school just because of their zip code, he said. Join Murray Alliance on Tuesday, January 30th for their most anticipated event of the year as they celebrate their accomplishments for 2023 and recognize the transition of their volunteer leadership. This will be a lively night of entertainment and networking celebrating business and industry in Murray County with dinner and beverages by It's Chef Jess and live music featuring the Velvet Troubadours. Purchase tickets to the Murray Alliance annual meeting now to guarantee a seat at their biggest event of the year. The event will take place from 5 to 8 p.m. on January 30th at the Memorial Building located at 308 West 7th Street in Columbia. For more information, visit www.murrayalliance.com.
Spring Hill has launched a new special census for citizens with the goal of generating enough population numbers to receive up to $2 million in additional annual federal funding. Residents can participate in the census by logging into the city's website at www.springhilltn.org. Earlier this month, Mayor Jim Hageman commented on the importance of the census during the Board of Mayor and Aldermen's work session. I would ask that you citizens take it seriously and fill it out, which is incredibly simple. You go to our website and simply type in how many people live in your house and you're done. Just like that, Hageman said. It's very important because it will translate into dollars that will get in our coffers to do projects we need to do and or want to do, he said. Hageman added that he looks forward to continuing his as well as the rest of the Board of Mayor and Aldermen's service to the city in 2024. It has been and remains a high honor to serve you as your mayor, Hageman said. I take it very seriously, and my whole thing about my character is to be Christ-like, and that means it is synonymous with having integrity, having fairness, having decency, being high-minded, and to have good ethics. As we continue into 2024, I will continue to be like that, he said. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Linda June Coffey Briggs, 82, a resident of Columbia and retired secretary for Highland Church of Christ, passed away on Friday, January 19th at NHC Columbia. Funeral services will be conducted on Saturday, January 27th at 10 a.m. at Highland Church of Christ. Burial will follow at Pope Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Friday, January 26th from 4 to 7 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. George Allen Clanton, 92, a retired employee of Occidental Company and a resident of Columbia, died January 12th at Meadowbrook Nursing Home in Pulaski. The family will visit with friends on Saturday, January 27th from 11 a.m., followed by a memorial service at 11.30 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have rain showers throughout the day with a high of 51 degrees. Winds will be out of the south-southeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour. There's a 90% chance of rain. Tonight, we can expect showers in the evening that turn into a steady rain overnight. The low will be 49 degrees with winds out of the southeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour. There's a 70% chance of overnight rain with a quarter of an inch of rain expected. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. Family first. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Are you a homeowner looking to unlock the potential of your home equity? Explore a home equity loan with First Farmers. Hi, this is Felicia Brown with First Farmers, and we would like to invite you to access funds with a home equity loan. For home improvements, invest in education, or simplify your finances, you can make your dreams a reality with the power of your home equity. Get started today. Apply online at myfirstfarmers.com or call to speak with one of our team specialists at 1-800-882-8378. Equal housing lender. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment, Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years, and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Hi, this is George Rawls with The Way Realty. Please allow me to share a little bit about us. We measure our success by the quality of service you receive. We provide many ways to help you get the most when selling your house, like home staging, landscaping, repairs, professional pictures, and aggressive marketing. Our listings are posted on the MLS, Realtracks.com, Zillow, Realtor.com, and Trulia. Your house will most likely be your biggest investment for your family and for your future retirement. Let us help you fulfill the American dream by buying, building, or selling your next home. And most importantly, let this new year be a great year by putting Jesus first in your life. Jesus Christ changes lives. I know because He changed mine.
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Virilis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee House Democrats on Monday called for Education Commissioner Lizette Reynolds to resign for failing to meet the job requirements as outlined in state law. Democratic Caucus Chair John Ray Clemens said any attempt by Governor Bill Lee to brush aside Reynolds' lack of qualifications would be, quote, an embarrassing reflection of the rampant incompetence that plagues his entire administration, unquote. Commissioner Reynolds is legally unqualified and she must resigns. resign, Clemens added. Lee's office stood behind the commissioner in a Monday statement. Commissioner Reynolds's credentials and professional experience qualify her to serve the Tennessee Department of Education as commissioner, and we're proud of the work she's doing to accelerate academic achievement and support all Tennessee students, Lee spokesperson Elizabeth Johnson said. Additionally, though not explicitly required by statute, Commissioner Reynolds is currently enrolled in the UT Martin Education Preparation Program to expand upon her previous experience. The Department of Education responded to a Tennessean request for an identical, with an identical statement. According to Tennessee State Code, the Education Commissioner shall have experience in school administration and be qualified to teach at a high school level. Reynolds does not appear to meet those requirements, having not taught in a classroom as a teacher or served in a local K-12 administration. Shall means shall. There is no ambiguity. These are the requirements. There is no optional language here, Clemens said. This is an old law. It was updated most recently in 1970. I know of no governor who has had a problem or an issue filling this role with someone qualified under the statute, he said. Representative Sam McKenzie, a Democrat from Knoxville, joined Clemens in calling for Reynolds to step down. We don't need folks that are career politicians and insiders to come and lead our K-12 children, McKenzie said. We're discussing some serious, serious issues here. Lee appointed Reynolds to the position last year directly from a school choice advocacy organization, Excel and Ed, which was founded by former Florida Governor Jeb Bush. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Looking for a physician? Choosing a healthcare provider for your family is one of the most important decisions you will make. Murray Regional Medical Group delivers primary care for individuals of all ages from newborns to adults and has an array of specialists ranging from endocrinologists to urologists. With locations in Murray, Lewis, Marshall, and Wayne counties, our experienced team can provide you with quality care close to home. For more information, visit murrayregionalmedicalgroup.com. Murray Regional Medical Group, your health is our primary care. 
Have you ever wondered if your insurance needs can be personalized? This is Hunter Carey. Our team specializes in planning your insurance needs to get you the best possible solution. State Farm is the largest home and auto insurer in the country. I love bringing that to my hometown. Born and raised in Columbia, I'm grateful for our close community ties. We offer help with home, auto, and life insurance for everyone in our community. Our office is located at 909 South Garden Street, across from the fire station. We're also online at huntercarry.com. That's huntercary.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The Nashville Sounds announced today more details on a free new off-season fan event, the Soundcheck Fan Fest, scheduled to take place on Saturday, February 3rd at First Horizon Park from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. The one-day event will get Sounds fans ready for baseball season and give them a chance to meet with current and former players and coaches. Partake in a scavenger hunt throughout the ballpark, enter for raffle and giveaway prizes, and enjoy other fan-favorite areas at First Horizon Park. Sounds players, coaches, and alumni will be on site throughout the day for autograph sessions and Q&A session hosted by by Sounds broadcaster Jeff Hem. Coach Ned Yost IV and Sounds alum Tim Dillard joins current players Ethan Small and Patrick Dorian as confirmed guests. Further details, including additional players, alumni, and times for appearances, will be announced in the coming weeks. Fans can RSVP for the event by going to www.milb.com forward slash Nashville forward slash fans forward slash fan fest. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'll be back tomorrow to update with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.